You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 159, Back to School Q&A. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. I hope your week is off to a great start. The day this airs will be my kids' first day back at school, and it's the first time in seven years that it's not my first day back to school with them. Yes, you heard that correctly. I'm no longer working at their school as the K-8 counselor. I'm now a full-time entrepreneur and master certified life coach for moms, and I am so excited to be able to devote more of my time and energy to you, to helping you feel calm, confident, and in control so you can achieve your dreams and ambitions. And so speaking of your dreams and ambitions... There's only one more week to sign up for the free back-to-school mini-session I'm offering. These sessions are designed specifically to help with back-to-school issues, and I promise there's nothing too big or too small of an issue to bring. I know that there are some of you listening who may be thinking, I should just be able to figure this out myself. I shouldn't need to sign up for this mini-session. Or maybe you're afraid to reach out for help. And listen, if that is you, I get it. It can feel scary to get on a call with someone you don't even know and talk about your struggles. I want you to know that's totally normal and I've got you. I'm not there to judge you or your situation at all. My only job is to help you feel empowered to make decisions that move you forward and that you feel good about. So please do this for yourself and your family. Go sign up at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash school because these sessions are only happening through the end of August, and I don't want you to miss out. Okay, let's get into today's topic. About a week ago, I posted on my personal Facebook page and in one of my groups for coaches and asked moms there to share what would be the most useful podcast topic for them as their kids go back to school. I got some great responses, so thank you to those of you who contributed. And as a side note, you can always let me know your ideas for topics anytime just by emailing me or sending me a direct message in Instagram or something like that, because I always want to make sure that I'm offering value here and talking about topics that are relevant and important to you. So instead of choosing just one of the topics submitted, I've decided to talk about several of them. The first mom said she wanted a podcast on, quote, learning how to let my kids go to school taking a little leap of faith and hoping for the best, also learning how to not worry about everything. Now, I did a podcast about worry that I'm going to link to in today's show notes. So instead, I want to focus on this mom's use of the phrase, hoping for the best. Hope is one of those feelings that sounds really positive, but I want to take a closer look at it. When you think a thought like, I hope things work out, or I hope my kids will be okay, how does it feel? For me, it creates feelings of powerlessness and fear. Hoping is a very passive action. And when we're hoping, we're just waiting around to see what happens in the future so we can determine how we're going to feel in the future. 
But circumstances don't cause our feelings. Only thoughts can do that. So pay attention here. Whatever you think you'll feel when you have what you hope for, maybe it's confidence, a feeling of safety, calm, peace. These feelings are generated by your thoughts and are available to you right now. Simply changing your thought from, I hope they'll be okay, to, I believe they'll be okay, will completely change your energy and eliminate worry. Now, you might say to me, but Pam, how do I believe it when I don't actually know what's going to happen in the future? You just decide. When you pour yourself a glass of water, you don't think, oh, I hope I can do this. You just believe, I can do this. Even though there's always that possibility you could spill the water all over the floor. You just decide to believe that you can do it because thinking, I hope I can, isn't useful. And whatever happens for your kids at school in the future, you get to decide how you want to think and feel about it. That's what's in your control. Hope is always an option, but you don't have to choose it. I recommend you practice believing, my kids will be okay. I'll be okay. Whatever happens, we're going to handle it. Now, the next mom said she wanted a podcast on helping my kids overcome the anxiety of returning to school after being virtual learners for 18 months and overcoming the fear of contracting COVID while in school. All right, great topic. So many moms have this issue right now, and I'm going to give you some strategies to help your kids. But before you can help your kids, you'll want to clean up your own thinking. And what I mean by that is to understand what your current thoughts are creating for you and then choose deliberately how you want to think and feel so that you show up in the most effective way as a mom. For example, right now you're probably thinking, I don't want my kids to feel anxious about school. So when they do feel anxious about school, that thought creates frustration. And when we're feeling frustrated, we tend to get impatient or snippy when our kids tell us they're anxious. We try to control and fix the situation, and we feel more frustrated and maybe anxious ourselves. So the only reason we want our kids to feel differently is so that we can feel differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way our brains work. But when we believe they have to change before we can feel better, we make them responsible for our feelings and give all of our power away. Then we feel frustrated when they don't change and we blame them for our frustration. If your child wasn't feeling anxious, what would you get to think and feel? Maybe you'd be thinking, everything is fine. Everything's going to work out great. And you'd feel at peace. You can think those thoughts right now and feel at peace without your kids needing to change a thing. Okay, so that's the first step is just cleaning up your own thoughts about it. As I promised, I'm going to give you some tools to help your kids. And here's what I want you to know. My friend who submitted this and anyone else whose kids are feeling anxious right now, what I'm about to suggest goes against what we want to do as moms, but is 10 times more powerful and effective in helping our kids with their anxiety. Instead of trying to help them overcome their anxiety, I want you to help them feel their anxiety. As moms, we don't want our babies to suffer, and so we want to get rid of their anxiety. And you might even be thinking, well, Pam, they're already feeling it. What do you mean help them feel it? But I can almost guarantee that what they're doing is resisting it, not feeling it, which is making it worse. So how do you help your kids feel it? First, 
You want to validate their experience. It's completely normal that they'd be feeling anxious after being home for 18 months, right? And you can say that to them. Of course you're feeling anxious. That's understandable. We all get anxious from time to time. It's okay to be anxious. And so right away, they're going to feel better because they think something terrible is happening. And you can just reassure them that it's not. It's just part of being a human. Then you want to get curious and ask them questions about their anxiety. This might feel a little bit weird in the beginning. Your kids may look at you like you have three heads, but I promise you that this process is really powerful and it works. So you're just going to ask a lot of questions. What does your anxiety feel like? Where do you feel it in your body? Is it in your stomach, in your chest? What color is it? Is it fast or slow, hot or cold? What size, shape, or texture is it? You just want to look at it with openness and curiosity rather than trying to push it away. It's a harmless vibration. And what this process does is it helps your child shift their thinking from all of the thoughts causing their anxiety to now focusing on the sensation of anxiety. It takes them from their lower survival brain into their higher prefrontal cortex and helps take the scariness out of their anxiety so they can feel a sense of authority over it. They also move from being in their heads to being in their bodies, which helps them feel more grounded in the present moment. The better your kids get at feeling uncomfortable emotions, the more they'll realize that they can handle them. It's not an emergency. Nothing's gone wrong. And in fact, we feel negative emotions about half the time. So you're teaching them a skill that's going to serve them throughout their lives. And at this point, when they're calmer and more relaxed, they'll be more open to new ideas and information. This is when you can focus on their thoughts. Our instinct as moms is to tell our kids what to do. We tell them, do deep breathing or count to 10 or talk to a friend, which is all great. But it doesn't address the root of their anxiety, which is their thinking. So you might ask your child, what are you thinking that's making you anxious? And however they answer, whatever sentences come out of their mouths, those are their thoughts. And at that point, you could gently offer some of your own thoughts. You might say, I can understand why you'd think that, but here's how I'm thinking about it. Or you could say, it makes sense that you would be worried about COVID, but you're doing everything you can to stay healthy. You wear a mask, you wash your hands. And it's really important that you see your friends and run around with them during recess. So you're offering them new thoughts to think, and then you can always come back to, and it's totally normal and okay to feel anxious too. So again, you want to validate their emotion, help them feel it, and offer them some new thoughts to think. And by the way, you just offer thoughts without being attached to your kids actually thinking them, okay? We want to just let them know that they have options about how to see the situation but we can't make them see it a different way. So that was a really long answer to your question, but so important. So thank you for asking it. The next one says, I have a daughter going into high school, and I think it's helpful to know how to help your kids navigate the whole friend thing. For example, how to help them handle rejection or feeling unpopular, et cetera, or how to handle insecurity. Okay, so this is similar to the last one because before you can help your daughter, you want to look at your own thoughts. Right now, it sounds like you may be thinking your daughter's experience is a problem. 
Like, maybe she shouldn't be feeling rejected or unpopular or insecure. But what if this is the exact experience she's supposed to have because it's the one she is having? Okay, be willing to consider that this experience is here to teach her something and that it's all happening for her instead of to her. Rather than focusing on helping her change her emotions, ask yourself how you want to feel and how you want to show up for her as her mom when she's feeling insecure and rejected. That's your only job and the only thing you truly have control over. Finally, there were a couple of suggestions to talk about transitioning from summer to school, so I'll touch on that briefly. I've mentioned before on the podcast that our brains don't like change. As a result, transitions of any kind can be challenging, and then multiply that by a thousand for our kids whose brains are still developing and who can't regulate their emotions yet. So my suggestion is to expect the transition to take some time. This varies for each child and could last anywhere from a couple days to a couple of weeks. Expect your kids to push back on limits when it comes to doing their homework and turning off screens. Expect them to be overtired and cranky and have a few more meltdowns than usual. They may act more clingy or more withdrawn. And I'm not telling you this to scare you, but because if you expect things to run perfectly smoothly the first few weeks of school, you'll very likely be disappointed and frustrated when it doesn't work out that way. When you tell yourself that this is normal and you're prepared for it, you show up calmer and better able to handle the situation. And you still want to stick to your limits because that's what kids need, especially when their emotions are all out of whack. They need us to be loving but firm and communicate that we've got this. We're here to provide the structure they need, even if they don't like it, even if they don't want it. And we can do it all with lots of patience and love. All right, that's what I have for you today, Mama. I really love this Q&A format. Feel free to send me your questions for future episodes And don't forget to sign up for your free back-to-school mini session. I'll talk to you again next week for episode 160. I have an amazing interview coming up for you, so stay tuned. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.